there are a lot of different ways to solve for the challenge, but I think that what we were able to do with the team at McDonald's was find the one that felt so natural to them. Welcome to Package Design Unboxed, the show that aims to unbox the packaging industry. I'm your host, Avelio Matos. All right, so today we're speaking to Matt Sia, creative director at Pearl Fisher and one of the leads on the recent McDonald's packaging redesign. We're gonna discuss the team, the pitch process, how long it took to realize the design, and how it all came together because of a little fish sandwich. Just a heads up, my audio in this isn't the greatest, but Matt sounds amazing. So let's jump right in with Matt Sia, creative director at Pearl Fisher, where he's sharing his early days coming out of school. Matt, I'll let you introduce yourself. You can give a little background. We'll jump right in. So after graduating graphic design from Western uh, University, Western Michigan University, um, I actually joined, I, I moved back up to New York, just again, coming back to my roots. I was born out here. My first job was actually as an intern um, at a big branding agency, and, I, and that's, that's actually where I kind of really grew up. Um, I started as an intern. I actually worked on a lot of corporate identity projects, really dialing up the detail when it comes to, uh, and, and I think learning a lot about the process with um, bigger corporate brands, really understanding how they work, um, yeah. and being able to really focus on how you can, you know, I think making moves can get challenging with the bigger brands that you work with, you know, and being able to influence things in a positive way. So getting started, so much of it was learning mode, you know, how much can I learn? How much can I grow? But that included working on a lot of, uh, um, you know, anything from airlines and banks to moving into packaging and, and a lot more kind of CPG work. So a lot of different devices, I guess it was a combination of, you know, spirits, packaging, pharmaceuticals, a lot of, uh, um, uh, different projects along the way, but really big iconic brands and, and some smaller brands as well. What was great about that was it, I felt like it was an opportunity to to really hone in on different skills. You know, in the industry, I think it's so important for anyone getting started to to learn and absorb as much as you can, offer help wherever you can. Yeah. What was what was that like? Um, you know, coming out of school with a design degree and your parents thinking. What does that really mean, right? Because my mom still doesn't understand what I do. You know, and I'm, I'm in packaging. I'm like, look, I, you know, you can buy this. You know, this is on, on the store. So like, yeah, but why would they, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's funny you mention it because when I started out, I think my parents didn't fully understand what they do. They they appreciate there was a creativity behind it, and it was always, for me growing up. It was always between art and music. But when uh, when I started my career, a lot of it was them understanding, like, what is it that you do? So now, I mean. McDonald's now. So right. <laughs> like, look. <laughs> so it, it's definitely a proud moment. I, I know that, you know, when it first started rolling out, they were going to the, the local restaurant and they were kind of asking if they could see the packaging and asking if they could take pictures of it and stuff like that. So people were probably wondering what was going on. Yeah, I feel like it I think starting out it was it was with you know with design uh, degree it was a little scary you know because you don't really know um, you know I think it's exciting because you you're kind of uh, going to be open to all these new experiences but at the same time there's always going to be that level of am I going down the right path you know my focus on an area that I feel like is a good natural fit for me and so I think that's why it was so important to jump around a little bit at that first agency and learn as much as I could grow. Um, work on as many different types of projects because for me it was more um everything's exciting everything's new and different and i think as you go through your career you start picking up on what works and what doesn't or what you feel like you, you want to be spending times on or your own time on certain types of projects versus ones that you feel like you're not getting as much out of creatively sure and as you kind of work as you progress your way through um your career did you have did you have any of those mentors that like really made a difference where you look back and you're like, man, this person or this person really 
that changed uh, my path. It did. I feel like um, you know when I when I first started, um, my my first boss was uh, was Wally Krantz, and and I learned a lot about typography, layout, and kind of the importance of the details. And I think um, shifting over into packaging, uh, I think there was, was a range on so many different types of projects that I that I worked on where I was able to apply those skills. You know, the attention to detail and the importance of telling the story in the right way. Um, but and and you know, I, I think there there's so much changing, you know, at that time in the industry, you know, um, you know, from consumers' perceptions of brands to the way that they start shifting and the level of trust or, you know, I guess mistrust that they might have it's along the way. So I think part of what I felt like our responsibility was uh, to make sure that we were, um, you know, representing them in the best way that we could and also um, doing, doing it in a way that felt like we were contributing, you know, to the industry. Yeah, it's always important to find those to find those mentors, and you know, now you're at a position where you're mentoring people and, and just you know, giving back to that uh, to those younger designers or even the mid-level designers. It's always important to yeah, no, for sure. Well, and what I will say is, I think on top of just uh, mentors and directors that I've had the uh, pleasure of working with in my career, I feel like peers and colleagues mm-hmm. are probably some of the best um, mentors as well and support systems as as I was going through it because I think you learn. A lot of the tricks of the trade and you learn a lot of like good habits good and bad yeah. you know and i think everyone has such a different approach which is what's beautiful about our industry and what, what a lot of people do is they're able to kind of bring a lot of themselves to the, to the job and they're able to really express themselves in, in ways and as you're learning that about your friends and your peers you also start understanding yourself a bit more so that's super important absolutely so with um so getting to pearl fisher can you tell us a little, a little bit about your your role there and what your team does? Sure. So I'm uh, one of two creative directors at ProFish in New York. Um, and, you know, I think my role is to really help foster and lead the, the creative team, you know, um, to be able to, to get really involved in, in finding ways to help uh, guide the direction of the projects, really lead the, uh, um, you know, the inspiration, the creative thinking. We have such a strong and talented team, and I feel like I've been blessed with that in the, in the entire time I've been with Pearl Fisher. I feel like I've made um, so many lifelong friends, and um, you know, we all we all really trust each other and have each other's back. I think it's so important when you're working with a team that I'm making sure I'm encouraging them to do their best creative work. We're really trying to draw out the things that you know make the job fun every day, but also balancing that with. Um, building really meaningful relationships with the team as well as outside of the team, you know, with our clients. Because I think, again, the trust and partnership when it comes to how well the projects can go and, you know, how, you know, it can really, really optimize the process, it, it really comes down to, to those relationships and and that trust. Yeah, I think for a lot of people that are that are seeing all the publicity around McDonald's, obviously, I mean, it's a gigantic brand and the team's done an amazing job on, on your development of it. Is every project that you work on a McDonald's size project uh, at Pearl Fisher? No, it, it isn't. And I say what's what's great about um, so far, you know, the experience I've had at Pearl Fisher is that we, we welcome so many different types of brands where, you know, we really, um, it's it's really nice to see the range and different types of projects we get to work on from smaller startup brands all the way up to really huge iconic brands. And McDonald's is definitely the biggest, most iconic brand I've uh, had the privilege of working on in my entire career. So uh, it's it's kind of like run the gamut, you know, of different types of projects. But I also feel like 
again, it's a learning experience, right? Whether you're working on the biggest, most iconic fast food brand or whether you're working on a, a smaller um, startup brand or, you know, uh, meeting an entrepreneur who's like starting, who's creating something completely fresh and different in the industry. I feel like you, where there's simul similarities in the approach is how important it is to tell a good story and to really help them, you know, elevate their brand. If you're talking about that spectrum, right, the McDonald's and then the entrepreneur that's got a startup, mm -hmm. how do they even contact you? I would assume most startups are like, would, would be intimidated to reach out to Pearl Fisher because they're like, look, they just McDonald's. They're not going to take on my little, uh, you know, sponge brand or whatever it is that they're doing. Well, what I will say is that we definitely don't want anyone to feel intimidated or, or kind of left out of that process. I feel like anyone should always kind of reach out because it's always good to, whether it's even just to get to know each other, to like get a new relationship or figure out is, it, is this a good fit or maybe it isn't the right fit. But I think part of that process is really helping, um, I think, us as an agency evolve to make sure that we're always kind of bringing in the most exciting, most creative and um, and fostering the best type of uh, team and, and work that we can. But also for our clients to see us as a trusted partner that, you know, whether it's a bigger task or a smaller task or whether they're a bigger brand or a smaller brand, uh, there's always that opportunity to, to work together and have a really great time doing it. We've all seen the movies. We've all seen Mad Men. We've all seen, you know, the shows and podcasts about pitching all over the place. How do you prepare for something like that? Right? How, what's that process internally? You know, is it a huddle, high five, or is it like, holy crap, we need to, <laughs> yeah. You know, how does that, how does that process begin and, and who divvies up the responsibilities? I'll say it, it, it can change um, depending from one project to the next. I think depending on um, how we were, how either they got in touch with us or we got in touch with them and, and how we start kind of putting our teams together. One of the important things is that we have representation from everyone on the team and we work so collaboratively that it's important that we're all able to kind of bounce ideas around and, and sort of support each other towards, um, you know, uh, getting into new projects like this. A lot of times it starts with, uh, our new business team, um, either reaching out or, you know, um, uh, other agency or sorry, other uh, brands will get in touch with them. And then we'll, we'll kind of huddle, just as you mentioned, you know, we'll get together, we'll kind of talk through the potential project and, you know, we, we'll want to make sure we, we really meet and have good conversations with uh, potential partners that we're going to work with. Um, and then from there, um, you know, the process is really building the, the best brief for the team, you know, making sure that we're all aligned on what the objectives are, making sure that we're really solving problems and really, really helping, um, you know, the, our, our, our client partners find the right path. And, uh, and as we start getting things, uh, involved in the team, I know that you, you spoke with Brandy before, um, realization teams involved from the very, very beginning of the projects, which is great. It, it teaches us as designers almost how to design in a smart way, be considerate of how things are going to come to life at the end, because that's really important. And there's a lot of strategic grounding. So, you know, everything starts with uh, building that story. And we work mm -hmm. so closely with the strategy team um, to, to really help set that foundation once we kick off projects. So they they reach out, you guys connect, then internally you you huddle and, and kind of start making a plan. Mm -hmm. Because what's the ask initially, right? It's like, we're right. opening up all packaging to you guys, or is it just, here's kind of what we're thinking, and then you guys just go crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it can evolve through the course of the project. So what was great about this was we started with an immersion, and I think a lot of that is, um, you know, we, we got to go to meet the team in person. You know, it was before these times where we're all, we're all in, 
but it's nice. I think it's one of the really key parts of the project is really us learning and understanding what their challenges are, um, being able to meet the broader team, kind of get an idea of what it is that they're looking for, as well as what does that include and what does that exclude, I guess, in the process. And there are always instances where we want to um, really help provide our thinking and perspective on things. So a lot of times we, we do like to put together perspectives and chat through the potential with them. And then we also uh, tend to share the, you know, our point of view and our thinking around things, even uh, in addition to the projects that, that we're being briefed on. So going back to your question about the specific briefs, sometimes it comes in with a specific task and um, you know guidelines and that we want to kind of stay within. Uh, but I think uh, finding opportunities to really grow it from there, you know, and, and have we considered this potential avenue or have we looked at this? And I think those are things that we always like to to bring to the table as well. When did this start? Like when did this actually kick off? <laughs> it's funny because I'm trying to remember exactly what the date was, uh, but it, it's it's been a few years in the making. Wow. Okay. So. It, so it's not, like 12, it's not like 12 months ago. No, no, no. It's not something that just kind of dropped. And especially, you can imagine with an organization as big as McDonald's, um, there are a lot of moving parts. And there's so many uh, incredible members of their team just constantly making things happen and evolving. And, and um, I think that this project overall, um, you know, it, it took a few years to bring to life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, not going too much into the details. I think a lot of it was really just getting all the right people together, being able to have those conversations to start, yeah. and then being able to sort of, sort of slowly build and, and evolve as the project needs kind of shifted. You know, um, a lot of that came down to focusing really, really um, uh, tightly on the way we could solve uh, the packaging system for the food. Right. I hate to interrupt the show, but I just want to give you a quick packaging tip. Have you ever made a packaging die line in Illustrator? It takes time and you give up accuracy and the flexibility to make adjustments on the fly. If you want to make professionally accurate die cut templates for packaging in seconds, check out diecuttemplates.com forward slash unboxed. That's diecuttemplates.com forward slash unboxed in all caps. And there's a link in the show notes in case you forget. All right, let's get back to Matt Sia and talking about the McDonald's redesign. And, and talking about uh, partners, you know, there there was the original agency that has been working with McDonald's for a while. Right? You're talking about Boxer? Yeah, Boxer. So uh, yeah, so so there was Boxer, and then there was Pearl Fisher, and then there was Turner. Uh, uh -huh. Right. It's like this. It's like this super group, right? <laughs> and and hobby as well, and and a lot, yeah. you know, a lot of partnerships along the way. And I feel like one of the things that was great was that it was a very seamless process. And you can imagine that a project this big with the reach that has globally always could have its complexities and like, and, you know, challenges. And I think that we as an entire team did feel like props to everyone involved because everyone really, um, you know, worked hard to make sure that, you know, everything was running smoothly, that we all kind of communicated really well across all platforms. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's so many people involved with this process that people don't tend to see at the end of the day. Not at the end of it. So, you know, credit gets to go out to everyone involved and um, a lot of learning too, even down to going into the like, test kitchens and being able to experience the actual process. And really, I, I mean, through this process, I've, one thing that's for sure is that I've, um, you know, it's definitely grown my res respect for so many different things that happen behind the scenes, not only in, in our industry, but in their industry as well. Uh, there's so much respect. And, and I think 
so much of the hard work that the crew puts in that their internal teams put in to really make things happen. It's pretty remarkable. And it also helped us, also helped us in the process of design, you know, because it helped us really make sure that everything we designed against was, um, was thoughtful. All the details were kind of, uh, you were paying attention to all the details and we're also doing it to, to help with, uh, the way things run, you know, on a daily basis. When there's a, when there's a large group like this and everybody's tackling different things, you know, McDonald's is a gigantic brand and I, I can't imagine that they would say, we're just changing the packaging. Everything else is staying the same, right? Like not, you know, I think it, this seems it would be a larger shift and every team kind of has different things. So when you're working on that, I'm trying to see how to ask this, <laughs> being sensitive here, but, um, you know, I'm assuming there's a roadmap that like, this is everything that's changing. Here's your role. And then you've got to make sure that it's spiderwebs out into everything else to make sure that it, it's a seamless integration. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that was one of the most important things for us to consider along the way is the values of the brand are being kind of, well, we're always staying true, you know, to, to the values of the brand. We're always kind of keeping, um, the story intact. And we're also making sure that we always, you know, are helping in that process because nothing, we never want to create something that isn't going to last. Sure. You know, the point isn't to, to do a redesign or to follow a trend or to do something that feels like it's in the moment just for it to kind of fizzle out down the road and, and for, um, you know, for any brand that we work with. But, you know, if you take a brand like McDonald's, it's so especially important that those details are right because, um, you know, that they have an impact. And, you know, you can imagine like how much kind of spreads as it kind of, as it starts to, to grow throughout the system. Based on the brief, what was the ask that led to the style? Uh, so the packaging now has this really illustrative style, mm -hmm. uh, you know, bold colors that we've never seen from McDonald's before, right? It's always been the red and the yellow. Mm -hmm. What was the genesis of transitioning their packaging from what we know today to this new design? A really big part of it was actually starting from a place of um, the appreciation and um, uh, like the emotional connection uh, the brand makes to the consumer or the customers. I think one of the things that's so important to McDonald's as an organization is, just, you know, it's, it's about making people happy. You know, there's a feel good, um, you know, there's something just feels good about the, the brand. It's very nostalgic. It's something that everyone's familiar with, but it's also, uh, you know, the values are um, around really making that easy for people, you know, to experience. And, you know, those bits of joy that you have, I think we wanted to make sure that everything we did with the pack design was to, to bring that to life uh, and to celebrate the menu items. Because again, I think being such a global and well-loved brand, I think, uh, you know, where we were excited by this opportunity was to, help just continue to elevate the personality of the McDonald's brand, but do it in a, in a way that rep represents itself through the, the packaging itself for the food. Uh, in, in the current architecture, in the current design of McDonald's, um, if this packaging was to be deployed there today, because I'm assuming this is going to take a while to roll out, right? Yeah. So it has been rolling out. There are some markets where it's already active and there's some mm -hmm. states, uh, you know, within the U.S. that actually have, um, have the packaging rolling out. But it's definitely going to be one of those things where it, it takes a bit of time for everyone to see it. Yeah. What's been the What's been the feedback from from those from those states? What have you seen? The feedback's been really really positive. Uh, I feel like the, I think customers and even the crew, you know, work there. I think there's there's a sense of ease and simplicity to the new packaging, and that was really one of the big objectives. Was how can we really simplify things? You know, just make it easy for people that you know whether it comes down to identifying 
uh, the product, you know, the item that you're getting versus like when you're taking it out of the bag and you know who's it who's and you know, like when you're sharing. I think a lot of that is the experience, like the meal experience, being being able to see the variety in the menu and also play up the fun of that personality, you know, that that people will inherently link to the McDonald's brand. You know, we, we always like to say that we wanted this to be aesthetically connected. You know, it all feels like a family. Um, we want it to feel more emotionally uplifting. So it always brings a bit of positivity and fun to the experience. And then functionally, it needs to be immediate. You know, you want to be able to tell what you're looking at as soon as you look at it. You know, when we first started the concept, the idea that really cracked the code was around seeing what you see and being able to identify the menu item without having an explanation or, or even if you can't read what it says you know at the end of the day mm-hmm. can tell what it is and does it make you kind of or does it remind you of uh you know the, the product in a positive way for those that haven't seen it which i can't imagine anybody hasn't seen this packaging yet right there's the filet fish it's got mm-hmm. the, the ocean waves um the egg mcmuffin it's got the it's the yellow circle for the yolk um, and then the burgers and all, all that illustration it, again, it's such a departure from McDonald's, um, but individually you can tell what they are. I had somebody ask me a, a question, which I thought was a, a valid question, which was Egg McMuffin, right? has the yellow circle on it. They also do uh, an Egg White McMuffin. So what does the packaging look like for an Egg White McMuffin? So for, for Egg White, we have, um, it's a different color scheme, but it's the same system. So the way that we created the system was to almost simplify how we show the product, I guess it's capturing the essence of the most immediate kind of essence of that, of that item through just a simple graphic expression. So for, for uh, egg McMuffin, we know it's just the yolk in the center because it's a white wrapper. So it almost looks like an egg. And then when we get into the details of some of the other items, we need to be a little bit more telegraphic with the shape language, you know, for, for instance, on, uh, on the griddle, it, it's reminiscent of sort of a pancake shape you know and a similar thing with uh with the egg white version of it it's actually sort of like a lighter color tone um like the 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 white and blue kind of combination um again kind of speaking a little bit more to something that immediately takes it away from the yolk color but also adds lightness to it and highlights the white shape previously i would say it would say cheeseburger on it it would have like the verbal just the language of the product on, on the packaging yeah was there was there a conversation around incorporating that that language into the packaging into the illustration somehow? We explored a range of different solutions to what worked and, and you know as a system really what held well together. And what we found was um, uh, going with the simple shape was uh, you know w- was one of the most immediate ways to do it. And then having the uh, the language uh, help reinforce that, but also have consistency to where that lives. So when you're seeing it all together as a family. That name lives in a consistent space. And then the rest of that pack is really um, almost a canvas, you know, for, for graphic expression. And I think a lot of the language that we were looking at for the system was to make sure that it was, uh, again, it, it's following, uh, you know, even, even down to the, the production detail, a lot of people don't pay too much attention to, which is okay. I think it's something that we know in our industry, like how much, how many colors are going on this thing and, you know, what the limitations are. And, I think again, even down to that, like how can we simplify it as much as possible? Like how can we actually reduce the amount of ink that we're using, you know, so that it, it doesn't feel wasteful? And and how can we again always make sure that it feels really fresh and, and the design definitely looks extremely modern. The uh, McDonald's eggs we're talking about this being just this modernization of uh, of McDonald's, but it also has a, a retro vibe. So how do you balance that 
modern and retro aesthetic on the packaging. The modernity comes through almost like the vibrancy and I think the freshness of the colors that we're choosing. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways we wanted to make sure that they were a bit more unique and a bit more ownable to those items. So it felt a little bit recognizable. And, and I think that you, you get that connection to the flavor of some of those illustrations through the color. Got it. And are these, uh, are these four color, are these four color process or, or spot? They're spot. So I think that, you know, there are variations in, uh, in printing depending on, I believe it's kind of like markets and, and, uh, structures as well. Sure. And I think a lot of this, um, you know, I think one of the things on this project that was really interesting was being able to take all the existing um, structures and materials and, and work kind of within capabilities to, to create a different experience um, for, for customers. Yeah, as I'm, as I'm looking at like like the Big Mac, right, there's the there's like four different spot colors there. There's the, the fun, the, the green, the burger, uh, and then the yellow. Um, so is, is red a part of is red a part of all of these at all, or is red something that, that's been moved away from? Because like the filet fish is just white, blue, and yellow. Sure. Yeah. Uh, red is not something that's on all of these. Okay. Uh, and, and I think a lot of the a lot of this was really um, about the golden arches, you know, being mm -hmm. uh, the consistent thread. Yeah, it's such a powerful and iconic brand, and that mark lives everywhere on on the packs. It always kind of lives in a similar position, and that acts as a bit of an anchor for for the graphic expression. And what was nice was that, you know, I think again, the, the team approached this with, with the confidence with, with the brand. I think there's that level of, we know who we are and we, we want to make sure it's, it's being expressed and, and it's, uh, and we're standing for all the right things. And I think it was all that playful simplicity, you know, the, the joyful moments and, and being able to represent that through the varying colors that you see. So for instance, on Filet of Fish, you have those tones of teal for the waves and it, it's a bit more of an associative, uh, representation of, of the food. And then one of the, the fun um, elements of this that we were able to add in was these winks and discovery elements. I think it's not on all the packs, but on some of the packs, you know, when you're looking at it from the front or when you open it up, there are also additional graphics on the bottom part of the pack. You know, on the grib, there's a soft drip. On a filet of fish, there's a fish kind of peeking out on the bottom, but it isn't too on the nose. It's not the first thing that you see. Yeah. So like, it, it starts becoming a bit more of uh, something that we felt customers would enjoy interacting with. That's sure. someone put the thought into. What was the decision behind keeping the fry pack the same other than the interior? The fry pack is probably one of the most iconic and recognizable uh, structures of, of McDonald's. So that's definitely one everyone's always, you know, if, if we're going to do anything to it, we want to make sure it's only going to take it, um, take it forward, you know, yeah. um, and, and never um, really mess with something that what was so iconic about it, which is that the red fry font. With the big marches in the front. Because yeah, as I see it in the image, when where there's the fries in the pack, it's like everything's changed except for that one, right? Until you see the fries are, that are not sure. in there. Yeah, uh, and we're hoping that that's kind of a nice discovery element as well. It's something that people can experience as they're enjoying the food. And then once it's done, you still have the, um, the graphics of the fries. And this is on product packaging, right? So what about the, what about the McDonald's bag, the bag that you actually walk out the store with? Has is, is that been updated as well? Uh, yes, the cups and bags have been updated, but that's actually not a uh, part of the project that we worked on. Uh, and so, yeah. I think one, one thing to note, though, is that, uh, you know, every step of the way, it was all about making sure there was consistency in the way that people experience the brand. So I think when it comes down to it, the way the color is being used, the shape language, um, we're able to really bring everything together and make it feel like a family. But 
for each member to have its own unique personality. Sure. You mentioned that ProFisher took uh, McDonald's down a few different paths and we explored a few different directions. So when you're when you're presenting to a, a brand like a McDonald's, a big brand like this, you know how many options are you showing them? How many directions are you showing them? And are they clear cut separate directions or are they almost like a blend? Like what's that process like? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, I guess the the simplest way to say is that we 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 like to try and show a few solutions rather than a bunch a lot of options. And I think well, you know, the way we see that is is you could pick any one of these and run with it, and it'll be great. And I think um, that's why we we see them always as kind of like really nice, thoughtful solutions to to the challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we you know when we shared this work with them, there were definitely phases where we you know were shifting things, some yeah. of the things that were liked and some of the things that weren't as much, and and what feels right for the brand, what doesn't. I think you almost have to start exploring that broader range to to do that internally. So we, we definitely came to the table with a lot of different concepts internally. We always start, you know, you know, just pencil to paper and sketching out ideas and word association, things that, you know, really remind you of these items. And then when we present them back, a lot of it is just um, telling a different story each time and, you know, which story feels, uh, feels the most right. It's famously been said that like stranger and stranger, right? When they present a concept, they just show you one and that's it. Like, this is what you're getting. This is what you got. This is it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Uh, but as you, you present multiple options, is there an opportunity for the brand to Frankenstein something? It's, oh, I love the cheeseburger from option B and I love the Big Mac from this one and put it together. Like, is that is that a reality or is it like, no, this is this one, this one, and this one, that's it? I feel like in general, it's definitely reality. Yeah, I feel like we've all experienced it at some point in our career. I think one thing that I, that was it was really refreshing for us. It was actually the team at McDonald's actually didn't react that way um, to to some of the things. They definitely were able to call attention to what was working, what felt right, what may not have been working as well. But it was never a matter of Frankenstein. Actually, it just came down to this: these ideas are quite distinct, and they all kind of function on different levels. Some might not have as much personality as others. And I was proud that we ended up on the one that had really yeah. the most personality. And it's funny because this is actually a concept that started out with uh, the simplicity of the filet of fish waves and i feel like it was that one when everything is up on the board and you're sharing the work and everyone just gravitates to that and say there's something really working about that how can we make it you know and then there was a process to crack that code because it definitely wasn't an easy one to crack at the beginning you know because uh you know there there are a lot of different ways to solve for the challenge but i think that what we were able to do with the team at mcdonald's was find the one that felt so natural to them and that filet fish is one that I think stands out. You know, it stands out clearly amongst all of these. So when you're saying that that's the one that stood out to the team, did you have the full gamut of products in that initial one, or did you just pick like three products? You focus on those. Yeah, we we started out by focusing on some of the most iconic and recognizable mm-hmm. uh, items in their menu, and I think again that's that's the part that's fun, but it's also super challenging because yeah. those are the high stakes ones, right? You can you can't get the Big Mac wrong. You can't get. <laughs> Quarter pounder with cheese wrong. And, and I think that those are the ones that we were always focusing a little bit more on first. We say, okay, we need to make it work for these. And, and then how does it work for the rest of the family? Because even if you get it to work on one, if you can't make it work for everything, you need to kind of get back to the drawing board and, and get started again. And I think that was, again, part of the process with cracking the code for the system and making sure that we, we all felt really good about um, how well it could extend across the items globally. The reward of the purchaser is that are those hidden wings? Was that part of the process? Was that part of the presentation? Like, here's this, and on the inside, you're gonna have this little 
Oh, uh, surprise. Yeah. No, it was, it, I have to say it was a lot of fun because the types of concepts you're looking at, and then, you know, there's some that are a little bit crazy that you're kind of like, you know, maybe it's too far, maybe it's, you know, and, and then there are other ones where it's like, this doesn't say the name anywhere, you know, and, and maybe that's just, that's the future state version. You know, I think it's like teaching customers a new language and being able to really communicate on more of a graphic and emotional level so that, you know, if you, if you pick it up and you feel something and it makes you happy, it makes you smile, then I feel like it's doing its job. I feel like that's really, at the end of the day, that was part of the criteria, actually. We had like a whole list of things functionally it needed to, you know, you need to be able to identify the, the item. It needs to be appetizing. You know, you want to make sure that it's it's hitting on all these things and it's recognizable. But at the end of it, you want it to make people smile. You know, yeah. I think that was one of the things that as we looked at the work, is this something that, you know, and even after looking at lots of different versions and lots of different concepts, um, I think that was one of the things that was always a fun part of this process was, okay, we need to make sure, you know, everyone feels like it's, it's doing the job. And how's, how does this solution that we, that, I keep saying we like I was a part of it, like I was in the room. How does this solution uh, benefit McDonald's, right? Other than simplifying the aesthetic. We feel like the benefit is just that they're continuing to express themselves mm-hmm. and being really true to the brand. I mean, we feel like the, the, the package redesign does a nice job of representing the personality of mm-hmm. the brand and, and, and celebrating the food that they're, that they're putting out there. And um, I think that's something that we're very proud of. And that's something that we're proud to be able to kind of help um, really elevate. For some reason, as I, as I look at, as I'm looking at the images, I get this, like, I get this feeling of a digital first rebrand where really considering digital before going in store. And maybe it's because of the shift of what's happened and, uh, you know, everybody's ordering online now and people aren't going into stores. Uh, obviously you guys started before this whole pandemic. So I can't imagine that was a part of it, but was there a digital first conversation here where maybe McDonald's is, is becoming smaller and the food's becoming uh, more of the hero, where they're not less of a destination? Yeah, I feel like it's an overall experience. I think uh, it's really just kind of um, celebrating the items and and ultimately that laddering up to the, the overall McDonald's experience. You know, uh, I think because we, we looked at this also in the context of not just individual items, but meals, you know, combinations of these things coming together and the occasion that you're enjoying it, you know, you know, whether you're enjoying this alone or whether you're with friends or family, I think it's something that kind of adds a bit of joy to the experience. And I think that's, you know, that was one of the overall, um, I think, things that 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 uh, helps with the perception of the brand on top of, you know, uh, other other areas that they're actively working in. We took quite a journey to get here and and it was a great one. And I know one of the things that you mentioned before was, um, you know, it's like crossing the finish line uh, in celebration versus you know, other, you know, points of frustration. I feel like this is definitely one of those where it's like crossing the finish line with like a Big Mac in one hand and like a pushing <laughs> the other and like waving them around. Because I think there are so many people involved with this and it was just such an incredible experience that people's reactions at the end of it, you can't get caught up in that or like, mm. you know, I feel like I know that, you know, we're, we're feeling good about the work that we did together. With Pearl Fisher and the Gals, right? You launched the packaging. That was the, that was the ask. Is there a continuation that you're going to keep evolving this or is this project done and moving on to the next? Uh, I feel like at this point we're, we're seeing how everything's coming to life and we're kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're definitely always in communication and, and you know, and okay. I think we, we built such a, a, a great uh, relationship with, with the teams that we've worked with 
and you know I'm, I'm hoping that we'll just continue and, and I feel like we'll continue having conversations and you know and and as other financial projects happen um you know that's that's, that's definitely one of those things that especially about a project like this you, you you kind of see the ins and outs of it and you know what went into making it happen and I think that you get this uh, appreciation and support for each other in the process I live in Queens growing up and we'd go to Roy, we'd go to Roy Rogers right and it was like no packaging it was just you know green gross packaging and you know White Castle was just plain uh, and you didn't give it any thought there's I could tell the packaging just because you would go yeah. uh, but today brands are using you know fast food brands are using packaging as a, an identifier right there's in and out burger with the white and red um, you know Burger King Wendy's like they all have so much focus on the packaging how important is packaging to to fast food I feel like in um Packaging is incredibly important to fast food because it helps people develop a connection, you know, with what they're what they're eating, you know. And, and I think there there are a lot of different messages that different brands are putting out there, and I think there are a lot of different ways people are taking it and enjoying it. At the end of the day, the importance is like finding new ways to really excite customers, you know, and make sure that they understand what you're doing as a brand and that they can get behind it, and that it it's something that's a part of our lives, you know, it's something that kind of contributes to. To that entire space. Matt, I appreciate you hopping on here with me to talk about this packaging. Yeah, you know, I think we talked about a lot of different things. Yeah. Pearl Fisher is one of those agencies that I think the general design population looks at and thinks, one, if you're a young designer, you're like, how do I get in there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do I how can I get hired at Pearl Fisher? You know, I'm living in Oklahoma or I'm living in the mid like wherever they are throughout the country, they're like, I'll never get to work at an agency like a Pearl Fisher. Because being in New York is something that helps you get into agencies like this or is it really today you know a portfolio and, and how do you get into uh, an agency like this i believe i honestly believe that's changing quite a bit especially over the past uh you know now every year now and i think you know it's, it's always evolving i think right now it's one of those situations where we're all remote and, you know we're all pretty far from each other um some agencies are um you know they have different models in different kind of situations and i think being a young designer, the most important thing is really just put yourself out there, you know, share your work, send it out, you know, try to get in touch with whomever, you know, uh, at whichever agency you're really interested in. But I think that's one of those things that the, the, there needs to be this kind of openness and inclusivity and, and sense of uh, community when it comes to how we, how we, uh, you know, really encourage younger designers to, to get into the industry. And I think the more they can see how well we can work together, even if it is remote, the less it'll be about, you know, where you're based. And I think the more it will be about like the way you approach the work, you know, the way you come up with concepts and story, uh, you know, telling stories. Um, and, you know, it's, I'd have to say it's changed so much even in the time that I've been, I've been working. So I, I, you know, seeing how much it evolves and seeing how much more collaborative it's become, it's really great. And how, how do you find new designers? How do you find new talent? Like when you're at home, just, you know, scroll through social media or just kind of hop on your phone, are you seeing new work on like Dribble or Behance or like where yeah. do you typically go? Where should people share their work? I mean, it's, it's, it's all over the place, actually. I mean, that there are there are people who send work to us directly. I mean, Dribble and Behance are, are always great just because I think it's it's really want to make sure we're like casting a wide net and being able to see a range in different skill sets and you know there are different schools that we're that we have relationships with so we we keep in touch um people from our team who have come from really great programs that we also like to you know again continue keeping in touch with uh seeing where there are opportunities for us to help even um 
you know, foster younger designers and, and, and help kind of guide them as they, as they kind of make that transition into the industry because it's not an easy one, especially, especially when you're not being able to really meet people in person. Yeah, absolutely. And is packaging an area that you'd recommend designers to, to really look at? Uh, I know people are, are, there's a ton of lettering, you know, lettering is huge. Uh, you know, illustration, animation is, is growing. Packaging doesn't seem to be like that. Everybody's focusing on all these other things, but packaging, you know, I see there's a ton of opportunity here, but, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Sure. I mean, I feel like packaging as uh, a discipline within our industry is, def- is definitely having to evolve. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, finding ways to reduce waste, using better materials, more sustainable materials. Um, you know, we have an entire team that Brandy is actually putting up that's dedicated to that. And I think that, I think part of our responsibility is to, is to help. Uh, create those shifts and, and uh, you know, with, you know, whether it's through education and younger designers coming in or even like with our clients and, and how we can work together, to kind of move in that direction. Because I think packaging, again, um, it, it doesn't have the same, um, it doesn't live the same way that it, that it used to. And it's not always on shelf, especially it's moving more and more, yeah. more to, to, uh, to something that people interact with without being able to pick up and, and feel all the time. You know, we always want to approach it as, the overall brand and packaging is, is one of those pieces, you know, yeah. part of the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's a, I think that's a great thing that has, has happened to packaging over the last few years is that people are now really considering it as user experience. So you're taking all the learnings that you've had in, uh, you know, developing web and interaction design and people are actually are applying that to packaging. Yeah. So it, it's definitely being a, becoming a bigger part of the brand. Yeah. That's yeah. It's like connection, right? It's like drawing more of an experience and an emotional connection so that people can feel, you know, it's it's brands that fit into their lives. It's not like we're being told that we need to do something. Something that we want to make sure that it's that, absolutely that, man. That's what we're yeah. I, I appreciate you hopping on uh, with me to talk about packaging. If anybody wants to reach out to you and find out more about you and your work, what's the best place for them to to find you? I think the best would be to reach out to Fisher. Um, we love being in contact with people. We love answering questions about the project, and especially just so that people can understand, uh, you know, kind of what goes into it, but also just so that people get a bigger picture, which is always good. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Matt. I appreciate you hopping on. Thanks. Uh, you know, it's really great meeting you. I'm looking forward to doing more chats in the future. Yeah, absolutely, man. Before we go, if you want to receive daily packaging tips, Adam Peak, the host of People of Packaging Podcast, and I share daily tips that deliver the latest packaging news in five minutes or less. Sign up at www.packaging.tips. Once again, I want to thank Matt Sia and the team at Pearl Fisher for making this happen. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure that you subscribe. Thanks for listening.